0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that celebrates building a good cake on your bottom. Bottom of your bowl, that is. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the uh, final Tuesday of January 2020. Uh, On this week's show, uh, tobacco review time of Cornell and Deals Yorktown by request. And my guest is uh, part-time pipe maker, part-time woodcrafter, part-time adventurer, Craig Cedarquist. Uh, I, I found, out, uh, found out about Craig through my Instagram feed, and uh, we recorded this a couple weeks back. Uh, just a great, <clears throat> a great guy, one that you're uh, sure to enjoy. And then we'll have uh, music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up in this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, amongst the uh, those of you that follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you will notice the posting that I did of the passing of Marsha Kramer Keller. Marsha, who you remember, was on the show I, I'm thinking a couple of years back now, uh, but her parents owned uh, Kramer's tobacco shop in Beverly Hills and was kind of a hangout for me when I was working at Dunhill. And I'd go over there and spend time with uh, with her mom while I was on my break. And uh, anyway, uh, sad to see that Marsha has gone um, Others, you know, and, and, and again, this is, part of the, this is part of the passing of life and time where, you know, people that you meet, people that you've become fond of, people that you always look forward to seeing, uh, make sure and spend a little extra moment with them. And uh, many, I have many great memories with Marsha, and she will be dearly missed. Uh, those of you that watch Modern Family, well, you'll recognize Marsha as uh, Margaret, Jay's uh, secretary. So uh, just had an episode come out a couple weeks ago with her on it. So she did 14 episodes of Modern Family, I believe. Anyway, Marcia, you will be missed. If you want to hear more about Marcia and the Kramer family, you can go uh, back and find that show with uh, Marcia Kramer Keller. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in and here we go. This is
1: Kevin Godby from PipesMagazine.com with some good news. Our favorite Dunhill tobaccos, early morning pipe and nightcap are two of my favorites, are now back under the Peterson brand name. These are not match blends where another maker tried to reverse engineer their blend to make something that's close to the original. These are the exact recipes and tobaccos being made in the same factory, STG in Denmark, where they've been making the Dunhill tobaccos for almost 10 years. They had about a a year-and-a-half, two-year hiatus, and now they're back, still being made the same way, but now under the Peterson name. Check with your favorite retail tobacconist for Early Morning Pipe, Nightcap, Royal Yacht, Mixture 965, Elizabethan Mixture, Deluxe Navy Rolls, Flake, Dark Flake, and Standard Mixture, now under the Peterson name. Yep, still good.
0: And we are back, and by request, and of course I lost the request because this one goes back a while. Uh, Cornell and Deals Yorktown. uh, Again, it's a uh, was requested. I bought this. I'm going to say back in uh, June, July, and uh, just you know finally getting around to doing it. And I I was intrigued because. it, it the description says for Yorktown, the folks at Cornell and Deal combine stoved red Virginia with bright Virginia and re-stove it. Straight red Virginia is then added to this remarkable base for sweetness, the acme of mixtures for the Virginia purist. All right, so I was interested because it says again that yeah, they combine stoved red Virginia. And bright Virginia and restove it. So that's a that's a double stoving, all right. Which I'm I'm in I was intrigued to find out. Now when I open when I went to open the can, I noticed that it was bulging. So I thought, oh, maybe I've let it go too long, and it's yeah. It maybe there's something wrong with it. It shouldn't be at just over almost a year old. It shouldn't be bulging. But the first thing that I noticed was. It was packed so tight in that can that that can was bulging by itself just from tobacco. Now, along with a lot of Cornell and Deal blends, this blend is really uh, low in moisture. Um, almost, uh, it I would say for me personally, it's a little too low in moisture. Uh, my one comment is that uh, if it if there was stoved red Virginia and then they stoved everything again. I would expect the tobacco to be a little darker than it is. It's very, there's bright yellow, there's some there's some light browns, and then there's a couple of dark pieces. Uh, again, it's, yeah, I would have expected it to be darker than it was. And I dumped out about half the can looking through it to see if I could find some, what I would consider to be traditionally stove tobaccos. So if the word stoved in the description scares you away from it, don't be scared. There's not much stoving in this or dark tobaccos in it. Uh, the smell is very typical of what you would expect from a straight Virginia blend. Uh, all, you know, slightly on the hay grassy side, but not quite as hay grassy as some of the European straight Virginias. Uh, a, a slight detection of the, uh, of the sweetness from the red Virginia coming out, but not nearly, you know, none of that vinegar or ketchup. So it's a, it's a good mild to medium blend uh in smoking it my one suggestion for you is make sure your pipe has you know thick walls to the tobacco chamber because with the low moisture content and the fact that you can pack a lot of this tobacco in there and it still doesn't fill up the bowl because it's really dry and it'll allow a lot of air around it you can get this fired up pretty hot pretty quick so i tried it in a couple of smaller pipes like i thought i would with my virginia you know with my traditional straight virginias i had to move to a more medium-sized pipe with a thicker bowl wall and then i got some really good flavor really enjoyable but again because of the low moisture content be careful of getting it too hot um overall not a lot of nicotine kick not a lot of uh, not a lot of bold strong flavors just a good what i would consider to be a mild to medium uh, with a real good aftertaste uh, going to tobaccoreviews.com where it it's gotten some mixed reviews but uh, a four star review written by steel cowboy where he described it as medium and uh, and he said, after so many average to poor reviews of Yorktown, I was hesitant to try this blend, but was convinced by a YouTube video from Cornell and Deal. I'm glad I was, as I, found, as I find myself only the second four-star review of this blend. Uh, the pouch scent is quite inviting and sweet, which led me to believe that there might be some added topping to Yorktown. After smoking several bowls, I don't think that's the case, but rather a result of the processing of the Virginias but that's a guess there is no bite and it smokes sweet it will burn a little hot if pushed also if not smoked with proper cadence it can get a little ashy but if smoked properly the rewards are worth it while there is very little complexity a bit of a surprise given the components i found it quite tasty uh he also commented on, my only issue at this blend would be around cellaring it. It arrives a bit dry, and I prefer to smoke it that way, but without the moisture content needed to get the best results from aging. I'm hesitant to buy larger quantities of it. Uh, this may likely be an issue with the retailer rather than Cornell and Deal. Um, I'll also say when you're, when you're talking about aging this, with the amount of tobacco that's packed in there and the way the can arrived, I don't think you want to age it for too long because it could actually pop the lid. Anyway, there is Cornell and Deal's Yorktown. Again, if you have comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or you can uh, post them on the radio show page. If you have suggestions of a blend that you would like to uh, have me review, just let me know. And in just a moment, Craig (laughs) Cedarquist. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves,
2: head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now. Each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal Seller Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your
0: local or online retailer
2: for information.
0: We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is somebody that I met through Instagram. And, Craig, the reason I met you through Instagram wasn't because your pipes are pretty. It was because of some of the other really cool pictures of you in far off bizarre places so <laughs> nothing against your pipes but the uh, <laughs> but the odd pictures um really caught my attention but uh, please welcome to the pipes magazine radio show craig cedarquist craig did i pronounce your name right
3: uh, yes you did and thank you very much brian glad to be on your show
0: yeah. All right. So let's go back and get your uh, superhero origin story. Um, where did Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up, and uh, what did you end up growing up to be?
3: <laughs> well, actually, I grew up uh, in Turlock, California.
0: Ooh, Turkey Tech.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, turkey Tech. And. Um, yeah as soon as i was 18 to get out of there i joined the marines so (laughs) off to uh, san diego then uh, north carolina but um yeah i was in the marines in north carolina you know after that then kind of bounced around in kind of the pre then the dot-com boom and lived in uh, venice beach redondo beach then over to shrewsbury massachusetts Back to LA, and now I'm in Sonora, California.
0: So you kind of did the the I don't know hippie bohemian vagabond cool places to live, bouncing around for a while.
3: Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, I love Venice Beach, but by the time uh, my son was about to be born, that's not really the place I wanted to raise my son. So no, we we moved up to Redonda Beach. So. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's too bad. You had to go up, you know, had, had to go upscale a little bit, um, less freaky, but more upscale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you do in the Marine Corps?
3: I was a, it was a 3523 vehicle recovery and, uh, evacuation really kind of a glorified uh, tow truck driver. I drove an LVS, um, but I enjoyed it, and you know, it's got to drag the vehicles out and supplies out when they get shot or blown up or whatever. So,
0: so you were really kind of a high class repo man,
3: yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, did you end up going overseas at all?
3: No, no, during the first Gulf War, we got uh activated, but. Really, for that we just went back to Camp Lejeune, and we were getting ready to ship out. And as you know, in the first Gulf War, that was pretty much wrapped up pretty quick with the um, yes. with the air. Yeah. So they we just kind of stood down there and just helped with supplies and things around base. But
0: well, thank you for your service. And uh, when when did you start smoking a pipe?
3: Well, actually, when I, my first introduction to pipes, well, I grew up, my grandfather, you know, he smoked a pipe his whole life. So I always had memories of in the workshop with his hobbies and him smoking a pipe or him in his easy chair. So when I was in North Carolina, um, you know, that was my first time on the East Coast. And so we were, me and my friends would drive around looking at the tobacco fields and they would have these. Kind of not so legal little tobacco stands pull up where people would be, ha- they would have their own blends of pipe tobacco, chew, cigarette tobacco. So I saw it was uh, some pipe tobacco, so I picked up a, a pack of peach pipe tobacco. You know, smoked this homemade peach syrupy stuff, and you know, quickly decided this whole pipe thing isn't for me. This just burnt the hell out of my tongue; <laughs> tastes like crap. So, yeah, so that kind of put a pause on my pipe smoking until uh, eh, about five years later.
0: And what what were you doing five years later that made you go? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that painful, nasty thing again.
3: Well, you know what? Um, at at the time, like in the Marines, I was either smoking cigarettes or dipping Copenhagen. And it, I was just kind of done with, definitely done with cigarettes, and I didn't want to chew anymore. And at the time, my net, well, it was my ex-father-in-law, he smoked a pipe, but he had Captain Black. So I gave that a try, and it's like, oh, okay, this is better than the syrupy peach stuff that I had way back. So I gave that a try. and I actually liked it, and then for a number of years, I smoked uh, really just Captain Black thinking that was a huge upgrade from what I had before. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't as soon as my, uh, my son was born, my, you know, ex-wife, she was like, okay, no smoking around the sun. And so I was like, okay. So I stopped smoking my pipe and well, in around 2012, that whole thing kind of ended. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try pipe smoking again. But now YouTube had really kind of caught on in the pipe community. And I heard about this, you know, Dunhill uh, was a Dunhill nightcap. Oh boy. So I gave, gave that a try and it was nothing like Captain Black. It was nothing like the peach trap I had before. It's like, oh, wait a minute, this is totally different. <laughs> and you know, from there I have been explored into Virginia's and everything else. And ever since then I've been smoking a pipe.
0: So when did you, uh, I mean, what kind of pipes were you smoking? And when you, when you started and when did you get, uh, I, I hate to call them real pipes, but when did you start moving <laughs> into, into higher end pipes?
3: Um, geez. I mean, my first pipe that I had in North Carolina, that was just a corn cob that, you know, the local drug store, uh, you know, when I started smoking more regularly and, uh, it was at. Actually, I was working in Santa Monica, and it was at the Beverly Center. There was yeah. a tinderbox in there, and it was a Peterson. And you know, that was the first time I had. You know, I think I spent like a whole eighty dollars on a pipe, and I was like, "Oh my God, I kid just can't believe I'm spending eighty dollars on a pipe." <laughs> but I mean, it smoked so well, and you know, and from there it was. I smoked that pipe. I mean, almost till it was just caked. Where you see like old pipes where you can barely put a pencil down it <laughs> yep. and I'm like, okay, I need to learn about maintenance. And then I just slowly started, you know, buying a few other pipes here and there, but, um,
0: now did you yeah, get, when you were down there, did you get a chance to go to the original tinderbox on Santa Monica?
3: No, I don't think I went there. I, I work so close to the Beverly center. I just always go into the Tinderbox box there and, uh, never, never went to that one though.
0: Yeah. So you, you found your local smoke shop and you just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now what, what kind of work were you, what kind of work did you end up doing for a living? Cause you've lived all over the place now.
3: Yeah. I was in web development. Well, I got into web development kind of in the early days and, really got into it full time in about ninety seven. Wow. And at and at you know, that time it was completely different than what it is now. Um but things were changing so fast. I would, you know, change jobs. I worked in um uh Topanga Canyon for a while, which is kind of the Malibu area. Then yeah. I worked at another rancho cucamonga and company hired me in shrewsbury massachusetts and you know at that time it was i was just starting out so it's jumped from job to job to job
0: yeah and and the i mean the dot-com stuff was coming fast and furious and uh and all all along through this were you you yeah were were you still thinking about the pipe or you know
3: oh yeah yeah at this time i mean i was the one weird guy outside smoking a pipe <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it was I mean even it's still like that today with a lot of people is like you know they just picture a pipe as something from the 40s 50s and 60s but um, you know I would every once in a while have someone come up to me and it's like oh yeah I smoke a pipe too and it was just kind of
0: the secret thing but <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't tell anybody yeah <laughs> yeah All right. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more with uh, Craig and get into pipe making. And then I want to talk about some of the places you've been to. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
2: A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri corn corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com
0: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Craig Cederquist. Um Alright, let, let's jump into uh, pipe making, because you kind of had a different route into making pipes, but uh <laughs> Why the, why the idea that, you know, I want to make a pipe?
3: Well, you know what it was, I was already getting into woodworking. I was making a lot of custom knife boxes for knife collectors. I was making uh, custom wooden boxes for watch collectors. And at the time, um, I had my kids, you know, I had my kids 90% of the time, so I didn't have a, a big budget, but I saw all these beautiful pipes and, so i thought well you know i should try making my own pipe so you know at the time there was a couple videos online that gave just the basics of making a pipe so i kind of figured it out from there made my first pipe that really looked like a silly putty blob with a skim stuck <laughs> in it but um you know they started getting better and better and i you know i kind of watched a few more videos but at the time there wasn't that many videos out there so in 2013 i decided to make my own series and it it wasn't making high-end pipes it was purely for the hobbyists but i made kind of a seven step process in making your own pipe and that's kind of really where it began and at the time you know i was drilling my own pipes but i didn't have the lathe and so i was using preformed stems and putting delron uh rod in it but i mean that's kind of where it started
0: and 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 then you did the videos and now but pipe making is still it's kind of a it's a part-time thing for you right
3: oh yeah it's it's a hobby i definitely do not consider myself a, a professional pipe maker but i mean i make some nice pipes and i have fun with it and it it's something where I sell my pipes. I don't do commissions because then it starts, at least for me with a full-time job in a web development company, it starts turning into feeling like work. So (laughs) I like to just go in with a block, and I'll have a general idea where I'm going to go with it. But part of the fun is looking at the grain, seeing where it goes, and just having fun with it
0: and you had the and you had the woodworking experience in the past and mean that's always been kind of a hobby for you which i can yeah uh, trust me i can understand it after sitting in front of a computer all day you want to get up and actually like touch something that you know you can change <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah
3: with my job it's like whatever i create during my day job with code it's obsolete in 5 years but if i make a pipe i mean that'll last a lifetime it, it, it's something that will outlive me It'll wear my coat yeah not so much but
0: yeah well to give everybody an idea because you you and I have lived in uh, in you know, we, we've we must have crossed paths several times <laughs> in the places that you lived although you lived in the nicer areas of Southern California than I did um, but you live right now kind of I, I guess it's almost like the gateway to Yosemite national park and i mean it's just beautiful up there
3: yeah i live r- uh, right outside of it's called twain heart, california the actual town i live in is called sonora but i'm 10 miles from sonora and about a mile and a half from twain heart but it, it's right near the stanislaus national forest um is a crow flies i mean yosemite is only about probably 35 miles um so i mean And I'm a big backpacker and hiker. So, summertime, that's where I am all the time, is in the National Forest or in Yosemite, upper country.
0: Yeah. And I I can't find the picture on your Instagram feed right now, but you were down in South America in Chile hiking and goofing around.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, we went and we did. uh, Well, we hiked a lot. a lot of the kind of famous routes in Patagonia, which is in Southern Chile and then in Argentina. And we were down there for two weeks hiking. And of course, all the whole time had had the pipe with, um, they had a big fire incident down there. So you can only smoke in very, very limited places in uh, the Patagonia hiking. But I had uh, quite a few, you know, real nice smokes uh, down around there.
0: How to uh, I'm confused? All right, and I, I'm a I'm a professional vacation planner now. Don't don't anybody call me and ask me about sending you down hiking in the in the in the Andes of Chile. I don't know <laughs> nothing about it. How do you pack for two weeks? Well, actually, we
3: a large portion of the the hike on the chilean side is called as the w that you have to pack everything with you but really you're only packing for about 6 days and um you know we've done enough um, my girlfriend I mean of 8 years we've done enough packing that we know how to pack for that kind but this time we took the little upgraded where they had some meals provided so we didn't have to pack all <laughs> of our food. So okay, that, good. that made it a little bit easier not having to pack our own food on this trip. And then on the Argentina side, we had, a, a, you know, a base camp at the time. So we would do our long day hikes, come back, have dinner, have my pipe and, you know, relax. So it wasn't hardcore, hardcore hiking.
0: Where where besides the Andes have you gone hiking and camping and all this wild, crazy stuff? Um, we
3: did some in India. That was kind of a, a mixed one. But, well, my, my kids were getting ready. My son was getting ready to graduate from high school, and I wanted to do one last trip. But I didn't want to do something... I'd been to Scotland before, so I wanted to have a little more of a culture shock for the kids and you know, introduce them to something a little different. So, went to India, and uh, that 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 was kind of still one of my favorite trips.
0: And at the time we're recording this, you're getting ready to go up to the northern, 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 northern part of Canada so that you can hike and see the northern lights.
3: Yeah, yeah, we're actually going to go to Yellowknife. And what's funny is, I even found out about Yellow, Yellowknife from another pipe smoker. Uh, her name, uh, her Instagram name is Stutter, named Cynthia, but uh, she went up there. And we've always wanted to see the Aurora, so we're going to head up there next week and uh, check out the Aurora.
0: All right. How do you get to Yellowknife? I, I'm assuming the first part is on a plane to somewhere.
3: Yeah, I mean it it's we fly all the way into Yellowknife so definitely no hiking into there so cuz <laughs> with a uh, you know negative 35 plus uh, temps uh, no hiking so we're just going to fly straight in there.
0: I mean Yellowknife is uh, it's got to be 2 300 miles north of the US border in the northwest. No, that's north of the Alberta no, yeah, border. It, it, Never yeah, mind.
3: It's, it's <laughs> north of Canada, so it, it it's up there, but it's supposed to be some of the really good Aurora viewing from uh this side.
0: Wow. So how much pipe tobacco will you take for a trip like this?
3: Oh boy. Um a lot. I <laughs> uh, cause <laughs> I figure most of the day hopefully they I don't know, it's Canada, so I don't know what kind of smoking rules they have yet. But, you know, I'll pack up a couple tins, a couple pipes, um, and, yeah, I'm sure I'll be smoking some in uh, very, very, very negative temperatures. But
0: Wow. Now, is pipe smoking something that you do all day long when you're at home? I'm assuming when you're working on, on websites and code and stuff like that, nobody will let you smoke in an office.
3: Well, yeah, in my office I don't because I've got a business partner there but like days like today where we have snow i'm working at home so it's all day all the time but i mean my normal you know usually with my morning coffee i'll have um i i was always afraid of aromatics after my whole north carolina peach cobbler <laughs> or whatever goop mess yeah <laughs> but actually I found uh it was uh, uh aromatic called trout stream that for an aromatic i really like and so that's usually for my morning coffee. And then, you know, late afternoon evenings, that's when I go to either my escudo or um, my bullseye.
0: So, you're, so one usually, of, you're one of those lucky guys that can smoke an aromatic and smoke an English and smoke a, a Virginia, a Virginia parique And you're happy just as long as it's the time and place.
3: Yeah. I mean, I gravitate towards Virginia Perique. What's funny is when I first, when I got back into pipe smoking, I was just huge in the I mean, I couldn't get enough of enough of the stuff. And then something just clicked in my brain where now it's, <laughs> eh, not so much, a little bit here and there. But I mean, I've really the longer I've smoked, the more I've gotten into Virginias and Virginia periques.
0: So you I mean, it's, so you've come I mean, away from the dark side of latakia and come over to the right side of perique.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still have my big stash of uh, my beacon extra that I've kind of rationed out over the years now. So
0: yeah, don't take that hiking with you. Cause if you get lost up in yellow knife, I want it.
3: <laughs> uh, I
0: didn't say that out loud. Did I? But, uh, uh, so when you're out on these hikes, will you, if you can, will you sit there and smoke while you're hiking? Or do you wait until you're taking a rest break and sit down with the pipe?
3: no. No, Well, I always, always bring my pipe with me on hikes. Um, A lot of that kind of hikes, I I like doing either high elevation or to some kind of summit hikes. Um, I mean, every year we do like half dome a couple times, like Mount Whitney, we'll usually do that. And that's usually where as soon as I hit a summit, that's when I sit down with my pipe. Um, And you can smoke a pipe at 14,300 because I did that. I've done that on Mount Whitney about three or four times. so Wow,
0: that, that's got to be the highest pipe smoking I've ever heard of.
3: Yeah, it actually, it doesn't stay lit well, but as long as you just have to keep puffing at it a bit because oxygen starts getting a little low. But it definitely does work.
0: Does, do you find that it tastes different when you're at elevation like that?
3: No, not really. I mean, it's, I mean, plus, you know, it, at fourteen thousand three hundred, you're low oxygen, so you're a little loopy anyway. So everything's great. It's like you're a little bit drunk, but I mean, it's no, it's it's good.
0: I'm a little loopy at sea level. <laughs> Just imagine what I'd be up there. Uh, and there better be a helicopter taking me because I'm not walking. But I, I mean, you're you're almost like the extreme lunter uh, of, yeah. <laughs> of the pipe world. So that I mean. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about your pipes again, I promise, but that was the stuff that I was looking at on your Instagram oh, yeah. feed and going, that's really cool. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to follow him on Instagram, and if I can pull the Instagram account up, it's K-R-A-I-G-S-E-D-E-R. So that just shortens up your name a little bit. But uh, you've also got, I'm surprised, you've got your own website for your pipe stuff that is s-e-d-e-r craft.com so cedarcraft.com how many pipes a year do you think you you'll get a chance to make
3: right now it has been kind of low because i went through selling a house buying a house and all kinds of things um this year i'm kind of ramping everything up a little bit um taking a little more time with my pipes kind of really honing honing in i would say i mean in, in the past 30 pipes a year um, but I would say in the last two months I've probably done about 10 so yeah I'm, I'm kind of ramping it up more I'm looking at getting well, finally getting a, a metal lathe uh, so I can start doing uh, a little more professional work um, I mean to this point everything's been pretty much freehand but I mean for me I, I have fun with it you know the pipes are you know pretty much completely handmade but yeah for me it's just kind of the fun is a journey in learning uh you know pipe making it's like i don't care how long you've been doing pipe making you can always get better and better and better and better
0: yeah Uh, lars everson was all was always asked what his if he ever you know what was the perfect pipe he made and he said i don't know yet
4: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah yeah,
0: so where do you your your pipes kind of have i guess that some danish inspiration to them but still i i see a lot of your appreciation of the outdoors and and the natural wood product in them
3: i'm always drawn to the danish pipes just the flowing lines and curves and um i mean that that that's what really really draws me in i mean there's I mean, some of the pipe makers now out of, I mean, some of the Czech pipe makers, I mean, just blow me away. It's, I mean, of, of course the Danish pipe makers, but like uh, Biftek pipes, I don't even know if I'm pr- pronouncing that right, but even some of the uh, pipe makers uh, from Czech and Russia where they almost have like the HR Giger kind of influence of organic shapes. That's kind of really what I'm drawn to. And, kind of what i aspire to do in the future
0: and your pipes don't start out and they're not too uh, too expensive considering the the way they look you're in the 150 200 250 range
3: yeah it's i mean for me it's it, it's kind of looking at the market and what prices are and also being realistic um you know it, it, it's something i do as a hobby i don't make any money or even really profit i just roll everything i mean if you can have a hobby that kind of pays for itself i mean what's better than that so you know really it's just you know providing a pipe that's completely handmade you know still at a affordable price that's really all i want to do
0: and and if it pays for you to go to a pipe show or two or maybe uh climb a mountain with a pipe and sit there and smoke on it hey that's even better
3: yeah and actually this year this year was the first time that i went to a pipe show las vegas pipe show and i just i loved it i mean if anyone has not been to a pipe show go to a pipe show it's just the people there i mean you have people that are ceos of massive you know companies you have you know guys have just simple jobs like me or whatever Everyone has a common ground, which is pipes and the love of pipes.
0: Yeah. And
3: I just thoroughly enjoyed it, loved and, it.
0: And I'll be honest with you, this year's West Coast Pipe Show was so busy that I didn't even get a chance to see your pipes or and, and see what you were doing because it was just busy the entire two days that the show was open.
3: Yeah, well, this year I didn't. I didn't have a table or anything like that. For me, it was just checking it out. Uh, next year at the Las Vegas Pipe Show, I definitely will be there with uh, pipe racks and some other different things. I, I, there's, so many, there's so many pipe makers out there. It's, I'm going to still make my pipes, but it's going to be getting a little more into uh, kind of custom pipe racks and uh, really rustic pipe racks.
0: So now if we're looking for a nice pipe rack for our desk or den, now we know where to go and it's <laughs> uh, and again the web I'm assuming it'll be on your website so cedarcraft.com um uh, Ye- you need to follow the guy on on Instagram because somebody takes really good pictures. Uh I and I'm not sure it's you because you're in some of them. No,
3: it, I mean it it's me but also with, you know, Instagram and anything else, remember, you're only seeing the highlights and what I want you to see, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's really the highlight and that's kind of whatever photo I'm taking is kind of whatever the feeling is at the time, whether I'm smoking a pipe and, you know, it's just so enjoyable.
0: Yeah, well, I'm enjoying it. Caught my attention and your pipes look good too. <laughs> and your part crazy but that's beside the point. <laughs> Thank you. And I and I hope to see you at the West Coast Pipe show again this year because that means that you will have survived going up to, you know, the North Pole pretty much, which yeah. is where you're going <laughs> shortly. So um hopefully it's not it's been not it's not been nice knowing you. Hopefully I'll still get to know you.
3: <laughs> Definitely. Uh,
0: and again, don't take the beacon extra with you. Just leave it at home. Uh, yeah. And i'll I'll make sure that it goes to a good safe place uh, Craig, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. no right answer, no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready?
3: Yeah, I'm ready.
0: What is your favorite pipe?
3: My favorite pipe is probably it's by it's actually a mis it's by Hussein Kor and it's a uh it's a billiard with a silver military mount
0: ooh. What is your favorite tobacco besides Beacon Extra? Because you can't get that anymore.
3: (laughs) My favorite uh, would be, I'd say my favorite everyday smoke is uh, Peter Stoke v. Bullseye.
0: And what is your favorite drink?
3: I'd say, well, definitely would be Lagavulin 16.
0: I've heard tale of that stuff. but um, (laughs) It's good. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, definitely music. A- any particular ty- type? Cause...
3: <laughs> I mean, that, my music varies quite a bit. I would say it's anywhere from Culture Wall, Butthole Surfers, Buena Vista Social Club, like old school Cuban music. And I mean, I listen to everything. Minus
0: threat Wow! Not only do you, not only are you the person that smoked a pipe on the highest altitude I know of, but you have the most bizarre taste in music of anybody I've ever <laughs> had on the show, and that's coming from me, so that says a lot. Um. Finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we didn't talk about?
3: Yeah, I mean it was we were in uh, it's our trip to India, and it was just my son and I. We're kind of back at the hotel in Kajraho, India, and I was smoking my pipe. I had some funky Indian scotch as the sun was going down, and watching the monkeys watching me smoking my pipe with my son there and having conversation. And that was just—I to this day—that's my favorite memory.
0: Wow! I thought I've been to some great places, but you. <laughs> I've never had a monkey watch me smoke a pipe. <laughs> I mean, that wins it right there. So Craig, thank you very much for coming on and doing this and, uh, keep posting those great pictures and keep making great pipes. And we'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll definitely sit down and, uh, at the West coast pipe show and have a bowl together and, and, uh, and talk about, <laughs> talk about you going to the North pole and looking at the <laughs> Northern lights.
3: Well, thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it.
0: We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar.
3: What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes in faithful service of the hobby.
0: This is Internet Radio, and we are back. Uh, do give uh, give Craig a follow on uh, on Instagram and check out everything he's doing, and, and check out the pictures. I did talk to him recently, and he is back from uh, back from going up to the north of Canada, and I am waiting to see the uh, see the really cool pictures. So you have to follow him on Instagram to see it. All right, for music, uh, we go back to a. Uh, well, a, a part-time pipe smoker playing music of a uh, very well-known deceased pipe smoker. And uh, and the, the part-time pipe smoker is the uh, son of somebody that we all know on here. So this is from uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. It's the uh, trio sonata Number 6 in G major. This is the third movement, I believe. And uh, this one features uh, Chris Thiele on mandolin. <laughs> ¶¶ Chris on mandolin is Edgar Mayer on bass, and a very well-known new guy, Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah, not a bad group of guys. Wednesday,
4: Wednesday. You've got mail. Tuesday, Wednesday. You've
0: got mail.
4: Thursday, Friday. You've
0: got mail. In the mailbag, getting caught up on some stuff that I missed or disorganized. And remember, if you want to. Uh, if you want to comment, you can go to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com and leave it there, or email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com, just like uh, Pastor Joda did when he uh, said that he, he saw a video pop up in his uh, YouTube feed, and it's a uh, it's it's a TED Talk. So, TED.com slash talks slash Mitch Zeller, and... Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. Mitch Zeller is the guy that was run, brought in to run the Center for Tobacco Control at the FDA. Mitch Zeller is a uh, passionate, very passionate anti-tobacco, anti-nicotine zealot. So he's appropriate, appropriately named. And uh, if you remember back several years ago, he's the one that I quoted as saying that their goal was to have a nicotine-free society. So, anyway, uh, Pastor Joda says, uh, "Yeah, first of all, the numbers that were thrown around in this talk feel skewed at best. For one, he doesn't cite any data sources, and much of the numbers seem like there would be no data source because they are projective in nature. And then secondly, he says he consistently focuses on nicotine and primarily cigarettes, but yet makes no distinction between them and other forms of tobacco use. Um Yeah, you know, so go watch the TED Talk and understand that you are listening to a zealot who is targeting uh, cigarettes and uh, e-cigarette stuff and has no no idea what the cigar and pipe tobacco world is about. All he knows is he's on a mission. And uh, also keep in mind, he used to work for, uh, prior to joining the FDA, he worked for... The, uh, he worked for a couple of companies that made nicotine replacement therapies, better known as you know nicotine gum and patches. So he's skewed in his mind and his wallet. But don't ask my opinion. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Rob writes, uh, Brian, coming from a guy named Robin, I can sympathize with this week's rant and that goes back a couple of weeks. Uh, If I get one more piece of junk mail addressed to Ms. or hear one more Batman joke. (laughs) Uh, By the way, great show and interview as always. I really enjoyed the interviews and info you provide. And I may be planning a Disney World trip this fall. I'll keep you apprised. Yeah, you can go to Disney World, but don't bring your pipe inside the park because there's nowhere to smoke it. Uh, Going back to uh, last week's show with uh, the one and only... Pipe stud Steve Fallon. And and I got to warn you, I think every time you guys write something nice about Steve on the forums or anywhere, you know, in print, uh, I think Steve shows him to his wife. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. I think Steve shows him to his wife. Anyway, Dino writes, uh, that was truly entertaining and informative conversation with Steve. He is an exemplar of the trusted merchant whose knowledge of tobacco's. Vintage and new make him a valued and respected member of our community. He is also quite an affable and witty gent. Uh, And then then Dino says, you just can't go wrong with Dino. Martin, that is. (laughs) Thanks for another fine show, the other Dino. Well, Dino, you're the one I like the best. You never pissed off Jerry Lewis, at least that we know of. Uh, Casey Ghost says, this was a great show. The Pipe Heart segment was well done, and I hope both carvers get a sales boost out of this. I loved the interview with Steve Fallon. The contributions of the Pipestud to our community has been well-documented I was there when Steve won our slow smoke contest. He seemed to be the most surprised person in the room when he won. <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised if I won too. Um, anyway, if you want to hear me do more, uh, more mostly objective pipe reviews, let me know. Um, I'm really not going to chase after a couple hundred dollar pipes just to review them, but let me know. I might be able to do just a uh, hands-on look at it or uh, if I own it talk about it but just let me know um third guy says always fun when you have steve on was a fun listen yeah it's always fun. i hate to say this again because steve will show this to his wife or something and uh you know it's always fun to hang out with steve and he is you know we we get along just fine uh and finally a couple more little comments uh Pipe says Great show. I enjoyed the conversation, and in particular, the relationship that came through the conversation. It's tempting to dig through and look at my McClellan blends to sell. However, they is they are hard to part with still. Maybe give me five years. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, there you go. Uh, remember, if you're looking at traveling anywhere, I'm helping a few folks with just some advice. Uh, but if you're looking at booking anywhere... Let me know, reach out to me first, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. That's Brian with an I, no Y in there, no what in there either. A couple of good deals coming up right now. There's also some free kids' dining offers for Walt Disney World for the summer. Uh, And, uh, you know, even though you can't smoke your pipe inside the parks, there's still smoking areas outside of the parks, so when you get back to the hotel and everybody gets to bed... You can hop outside with your pipe and sit down, and you know, you can even bring your own drinks and keep them in the refrigerator in the room, and then you don't have to pay high drink prices. So that's a uh, secret cheat number two. Um, let me give you a little bit of advice when you're looking at airfares. If you're going on, uh, orbits or any of those places, it's a great place to see what flights are available, but it's also a, uh, Those are also the rock-bottom prices, so you're not going to find the best deals right there. Uh, But those prices that they're quoting are no seat assignment, no baggage, so then go check with the airline itself and see what they think. All right, again, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, just a moment, a Tolkien rant. six months ago there was a biopic uh, i don't want to call it a documentary i don't want to call it uh, yeah it came out in may of 2019 and uh it was called tolkien and it explores the formative years of the renowned author's life as he finds friendship courage and inspiration among a fellow group of writers and artists at school well here's what i thought of it uh, and it 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 deals with him in World War I and and stuff like that. I saw it on an airplane back in September, October. I was halfway tempted to comment on it or rant on it right then and there. But then the way I felt about the movie was it was really pretty much unremarkable, um, unmemorable, um, undistinguishable. There was really nothing that I didn't know already. That was in there, that was in the movie. And to me, it felt like it was a movie that just tried to capitalize on Tolkien's popularity. Um, It wasn't, you know, it, it was acted well and portrayed well and filmed okay, but it was just unremarkable. And that's probably why I kind of forgot to do this rant about it because. For us, from pipe smoking and a pipe smoking point of view, and maybe from a Lord of the Rings and Hobbit fan point of view, there just wasn't anything in there for you. You got a little bit of a hint of where he kind of got the idea to do the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Uh, There's a headmaster that smokes a pipe, but we all know that everybody smoked pipes back then, and this was just unremarkable, so... Uh, there's my rant and review of it. It could have been more remarkable and more memorable and m- more better, better, anything. Anyway, all right, there you go. Uh, do us a favor and please share the Pipes Magazine radio show amongst your Facebook groups, amongst your pipe groups, amongst your friends and family. Uh, share it with your enemies. Make them watch. Make them listen to the first five shows or so. That'll really get them. Anyway, appreciate that. Leave us a rating or review wherever you can, especially on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's now, and uh, Stitcher, and uh, keep those Spotify numbers going. We appreciate that. So, uh, thank you to Craig for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time.
4: Clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about Sunny weather.
3: Happy Bomba Dita
4: Bomba Dita Boom Badita Please this
3: is the second thing today. I can't watch I did everything I could for you. She's a cold one
4: well, What's going on here? Am I fired? I'm afraid so. Oh, thank God I've been wanting to retire for years now, but I could never let Jay down I just want to sleep tend my cannabis garden and never work again
2: Margaret I want you back at dog beds. Oh
4: Whatever you say, Jay. See you tomorrow. No. Uh, Grandpa, Margaret wants to retire. It's not what I want. It's what Jay needs. Ugh, What is wrong with you two? You don't need an assistant, and she doesn't want to work anymore. Is this true? Do you really want to hang it up? There are some things I wouldn't mind trying. Well, then you should do it. I'll
3: manage. It's gonna be weird, though. I mean, you're the longest relationship I've ever had.
4: Four husbands, three heart attacks, countless lovers, and you stood by me through it all. I love you, Jay.
3: I love you, too, Margaret. It's been a great run.
4: And we'll always have Mitchell. What?
3: She's messing with it <laughs> <laughs> No, our kid moved away a long time ago. <laughs> hey, forget what I told you earlier. It's OK to hire the hot one. You may make a friend for life.
0: Marcia, rest in peace, my friend for life.